What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back to Real Reality Realness with Cherie Laveau, the podcast where I, Cherie Laveau, dive deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and ask all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, I'm going to be diving into the real reality of The Real Housewives of Potomac Season 7. I'm going to be reviewing the trailer and giving all my thoughts about what's coming this season. Like how glad I am that Candace is about to drag Giselle by her raggedy ass wig. Shout out to Go Naked. Speaking of dragging, I'm going to talk about how Karen is about to whoop Sharice's ass in this place. Welcome back, girl. And I'm also going to talk about how Mia has finally gone too damn far by throwing this drink on Dr. Wendy. Address her correctly, sweetie. Lock in while I clock in. Because we are about to get into it. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome and welcome back. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Cherie Laveau. How are y'all feeling? How did you sleep? How's the weather where you are? How's your pH balance? I want to know about everything y'all are going through and how y'all are feeling. I am doing great. I am feeling very sickening. I'm feeling very pussy kind, honey. And... Today, we are going to have a good show, but before we get to the smoke, I want to do a little bit of a review and recap of some things that have been going on on the podcast and just gauge your opinions on some of the stuff that's been happening, okay? So listen, we had our first two interviews come up on the show, Deeply Superficial and Martinis with Eddie. Let me know what you guys think. My conversation with Deeply Superficial was incredibly amazing, and my interview with Martinis with Eddie was so extensive, so inclusive, full coverage. It really dove into every single thing that I could think of that anybody watching or listening could have thought was important to the Real Housewives of Atlanta history. So let me know what you guys think about those episodes. I really want to get your thoughts. Let me know who you want me to invite on the podcast, who are some content creators that that you want to reach out to. I, 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 I was organizing all of the people who I've booked so far, and we have a lot of interviews coming, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear all of the unique conversations that I'm going to have about reality TV with some of the very interesting content creators that have come across my path. So... That is exciting. Leave me your thoughts, your suggestions, all of those things, questions, comments, concerns, or confessions even. I'm here for all that too. Now, let's talk about Real Reality Realness, the Super Chat. The first episode of Real Reality Realness, the Super Chat, which is the visual series on my YouTube channel, exclusively on my YouTube channel. It is the recap show that covers last week's episodes of Real Reality Realness with Cherie Laveau, and it previews what's coming next week on the show. Like I announced on the extended trailer and on the first episode, I'm going to be doing this podcast kind of like a talk show where I release new episodes every single weekday, Monday through Friday. And then on Sunday, I'm going to be releasing a recap show that that is going to give you some of my favorite moments, recap my favorite episodes, let you know what's coming up on the episode and kind of extend or expound on my opinions from 
the episodes that I talk about within the week. And it's going to be like a paraphrased recap, but also an extended opinion at the same time. So go and watch that on my YouTube channel, Georgia Carolina. That's J-O-R-J-A. Georgia spelt like Georgia Smith, not the state. But Carolina is spelt like both states. Ha ha. So let me know what you think about that. Like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell on my YouTube channel as well as the podcast. And I think that's everything. I think that's it. I think that's everything. Coming up on the podcast, we have Jenny Blaze from the Meteoric Rising podcast, Bravo and Blaze. We have Elle from Housewives and Chit Chat. And we have so many uh, other people coming up. I can't wait for you guys to see who's on the roster. So yeah, make sure you catch up on the show. Make sure you guys leave me some engagement and some comments and some thoughts and some questions. And let's dive into the Real Housewives of Potomac season seven trailer. Ow. All right, y'all. Y'all ready to get to the smoke? Let's get to the smoke. Because I am here and I am ready to talk Real Housewives of Potomac Season 7. Listen, this trailer showed up and it was explosive. Do you hear me? Not only were the cast photos incredibly beautiful. Like I said, the cast photos for their Season 4, Season 5, or Season 5 and Season 6 promo photos were like the glow up for Real Housewives of, uh, of Potomac. But the promo photo for Season 7 was like the takeover. I truly feel like Real Housewives of Potomac is edging Atlanta out of its spot. And the viewers is starting to focus over to Potomac because Atlanta is starting to give too much while they're bringing too little, okay? Because this trailer is giving early episodes of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's giving early trailers of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. This new season is, is giving, honestly, it's giving iconic because it feels like the future of Real Housewives, but it also kind of feels like the nostalgia of Real Housewives of Atlanta, where the show was fun, it was shady, it bounced back from the reads and the shade and the arguments to funny moments where people are laughing and shit is funny and they're acting goofy and crazy. It has serious moments. It has gag-worthy moments. Listen, they have all the things of the things, and I feel like whoever is editing The Real Housewives of Potomac, they really put the shit together right. They knew exactly how to get us excited. They got me talking, and I know they got y'all talking too. That is why we are here, because we are here, here to discuss, honey. Let's get into it. Listen, I'm actually excited to do this episode and to do this season. Like I've told y'all before, I haven't really been excited to do The Real Housewives of Atlanta because I just feel like the majority of the girls are faking and playing on television, and I don't appreciate it. So with The Real Housewives of uh, of Potomac, at least I know that when the girls are ghost producing, they're going to be doing it in a way that is still not taking us too far out of the excitement of just watching them be people, right? Like on Potomac, usually it's just Giselle that be doing the damn most and really ghost producing, but she really hasn't gotten her footing. I hope that at this point, seven seasons in, she's figured out her ghost producing hat and she's figured out the fit and got it fitted to her wig just right. Speaking of her wigs, I thought Giselle was wearing go naked hair now. 
Like, why does her hair still look a damn mess in this trailer? Because I could have sworn that Giselle was doing a deal with Go Naked now. I thought she had an endorsement deal from Go Naked. I don't know if these endorsement deals are real. Like, I truly have to believe that Drew Sedora, that, that, that Drew Sedora has an endorsement deal with Go Naked. If she doesn't, she should, and Portia should be paying her as much Go Naked as she done slapped upside her big-ass scalp for this season of The Real Housewives of the Atlanta. As much as I see her tagging Portia and Go Naked down to her motherfucking hairline, she should really be getting paid for that. Zero shade, because I don't know what else she's doing. I really don't know what other jobs that Drew Sedora has, but this is not about them. This is about Real Housewives of Potomac. But I need to know why Giselle's hair don't be looking like Drew's hair. Because as much as I don't like the way Drew performs on Real Housewives of Atlanta, her wigs and her hair looks great this season. I will give you credit where it's due. Your hair is laid like a fresh fade, okay? But Giselle, it just looks like she wearing old wig. Like it, like it looks like she ain't caught up to lace front wigs yet. It looks like Giselle be wearing hard front wigs. Like it look like she be wearing the older wigs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying not to name a specific hairline because I don't want to shade nobody. But it seemed like Giselle just be, she be giving church lady wig. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when we were growing up back in the day, and your mama used to just wear these wigs, but they weren't, they were nice wigs. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure they're quality hair and all of that, but they just look like wigs. That's what I don't like about Giselle's hair. Her hair looks like a wig and I don't appreciate it. Like, it, like Giselle got money at this point. Now, I don't know how much money she has now that every Hue Beauty is not, in, not, you know, going and not, you know, in production. Which by the way, why hasn't she found another manufacturer for every Hue Beauty? That bitch was in Target. Like, that deal is amazing. Like, I know we all happy that Kenya Moore hair care got her ass down to the CVS and the Sally's. But you gotta realize, Giselle being in Target was a big fucking deal. And for it to just stop because of COVID, I hope that that is her motherfucking storyline this season and that she is not out here trying to find her now another man. I don't want to see Jamal. I don't want to see Sherman. I don't want to see Boo Boo the Fool. I don't want to see Peter Thomas round her ass, honestly. I hope that the only reason Peter Thomas is on this camera is because they are at his restaurant and he is coming over to be a good patron and come to get a fans with what they want. Give him a little, hey, how you doing? A little shade. Give him that I own this business and pump. That's all. We don't need you dating Giselle. I don't even want... Peter, you you can do better than Giselle. No shade. Not that I think that Giselle is a bad woman, but she just is too... She, that's too much drama for you. Peter is just not that kind of dramatic-ass dude. Like, he don't need that, that type of woman in his life. But, like I said, the trailer looks amazing, but Mia Zosiak has to go. Yes, I said Mia Zosiak. And the reason why I call her Mia Zosiak is because her her storyline with this whole cancer situation is given very Kim Zosiak at the season one reunion when she was talking about why she was wearing wigs and things. And she was saying, well, I went to the doctor and they thought I had cancer, but then it wasn't cancer and they did blood work, but I'm sick, but they don't know what I have. And she never announced what it was that she did have. And she never gave an actual name to what it was. So... We were left so confused of did she have cancer and not have cancer? And the fact that they're bringing it up in the trailer as questioning whether or not her sickness was really ill. Like, usually you would be upset when people do that. But 
we have a valid reason to question what is going on with Mia's health because we haven't really heard an update on it in a long time. Now, mind you, if this is one of those, if you know, you know type of things, like we have to be one of Mia's followers to know what's going on with her health journey, then she might not be as important on the show as we think because when it was announced that she was going through her health crisis and, and that she might have cancer, it was every damn where. And then when the second announcement came that it wasn't cancer, but we're still trying to figure out what's going on with me, it wasn't as promoted, but I was following that situation. So I happened to see it and I haven't heard a goddamn thing since. So for her to get so upset that somebody was bringing it up like, bitch, are you sick or are you not? Girl, you you really need to calm the fuck down because Mia Zosiak, you're the one that set it up like that like and then on top of that bitch are we still throwing drinks like we're still throwing drinks it's literally too much like i don't know what race you or your dermatologist call yourself representing but i know that they are not happy with you right now and listen when i say that i'm not questioning mia's blackness or whatever it is she is but I feel like Mia has had so much work done that now she appears to be so racially ambiguous that we can't clock where exactly her heritage leads. Hell, she has she has had so much work done that I be questioning, is this bitch human sometimes? Because I'm not trying to shade nobody's looks, but at some point, it starts giving an uncanny valley effect and Mia is going to end up looking like Jigsaw. I'm just saying, you don't need to do all of this, Right? I'm not saying that Mia is a bad looking woman, but what I'm saying is I feel like if it's not body dysmorphia, it's just you don't understand how beautiful you are. And it's just insecurity like, girl, you don't need to do all of that. At the end of the day, what you need to be worried about is them big ass feet. No, I'm just joking. I'm really joking about her feet because I'm a woman with big ass feet. Now. Anyway, I ain't even going to go there. I just need to know why. She's out here throwing drinks and doing all the messy shit. Like, at some point, Housewives has to evolve. At some point, we can't rest on the laurels that that's just what Housewives do does and that's just how Housewives behave. Why does every single house... Like, Housewives are not a monolith. Just like black people, just like trans women, just like trans people, just like bisexuals, just like anybody. No group of people that has enough like minds to be considered a community is a monolith. Everybody within that community, just because they share similar ideals on one specific subject does not mean that they are all equal in every bit of their thinking or the way that they conduct themselves or carry themselves. So Mia, you really need to get out of this old school, old school ass housewife mentality because you are blending housewives with love and hip hop. Like, I don't know who your references are when it comes to reality television, but it seems like you're watching less Bravo and you're watching more VH1. And I'm really kind of over it because we have to grow and we have to, we, we have to evolve. Like even love and hip hop Atlanta ain't doing all that no more. Like they may swing hands every now and again, but they not doing all this throwing drinks and doing and all of that like it's just too much it's too much it's too damn much and then i saw the little scene on twitter going around of the person who was at the restaurant with y'all filming y'all academ fool down to the thing i don't know wendy wendy mia is gonna get you in a situation that you can't get out of and you need to watch yourself because zen win was never fucking zen so I need you to watch yourself around that bitch because you actually got 
a lot to fucking lose. I'm not saying me and dope. I'm not saying that Mia doesn't have shit to lose. Mia got all them businesses that she inherited from her husband when he got tired and I just wanted to sit at home with his children. But Mia is willing to throw away shit. Mia is willing to act like she ain't got nothing to lose. Mia is willing to act like she has nothing to lose. And I don't want that for Wendy. Wendy, please continue to be above this. Now, mind you, your second season, it seemed like you dipped in your you know, aboveness to the drama. And it seemed like you were willing to at least talk like you about that life, telling Giselle you would light her ass up. Listen, Wendy, watch yourself and figure out what type of housewife you you, you really going to be because you're going to end up looking real two-faced and real phony if you keep playing this game the way you play it. You can't try to give the fans what they want and then try to stand on a moral high ground because that's not how the fandom of reality television nor the Real Housewives works. The way that you're trying to carry yourself like you're above all the drama is not how Bravo fandom works. But yet, you are contradicting yourself when you are willing to stoop down and get into the shit with these girls like the fans want you to do because they saw you light Ashley ass up at that damn table even though you went off on her when she didn't call you stupid. You really tripped off on that and you went a little bit too far just like you went all the way left when you was talking about he tossed your salad, he tossed your salad, he tossed your salad, he tossed your... Girl, like, it was a bit much. It was obsessed. Candace, you should have pulled her back a little earlier. You really should have pulled Wendy back a little bit earlier because it seemed like when you gave her the cut, she turned all the way off. I don't know what y'all got going on, but I want to see how y'all dynamic is going to work because Wendy, you better not end up being Candace's Robin. That I don't appreciate because at the end of the day, you have way too much mind, way too much sense, way too much personality and way too much potential as a housewife to get caught up being somebody's sidekick. Now, if you want to be a dynamic duo with her, really be a dynamic duo. But the way that you behaved at this reunion, it seemed like you were trying to get up under Candace's wing. Okay, you need to stand beside her, not uh, not not up under her. Okay, this is your warning. Because if I have to tell you this again, I'm going to read your ass. Okay? Candace, listen. It's finally your turn and you called it. I believe you're the person that said Giselle goes after everybody. She eventually gets around to everybody and it's finally your turn. Listen, I don't know how valid Giselle's account of what's going on between her and Chris is. Because... Giselle has put herself in a position where you kind of have to question everything she says because she's so messy to where she could give girl who cried wolf just because the cameras are rolling. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to just Candace don't take what Giselle is saying at face value. But on the other hand, do not take what your husband is saying at face value, too, because that 240 in the morning DM to Ashley talking about you should have come to the W commenting on her story. Come to the W for what? Why the fuck would Chris Bassett want Ashley at the W Hotel at 2.40 in the morning? I don't give a damn what excuse he comes up with. It all looks and sounds shady. The house down boots. Chris, 
I don't know how you and your brown dick are going to talk yourself out of this one. But you better get your motherfucking shit together. Because I have liked you for a long time. I've liked you ever since you came on this motherfucking show. Because you seem like a real homeboy. I, You know, listen. This may be problematic of me to say. But my podcast is a safe space. And y'all know my heart and my intentions. I don't mean it like that. But Chris gives like he was like. Kid. Here's how I'll clean, clean this up. Chris gives the impression that he grew up around black people. Chris really gives the impression the impression that he is really down. Like Chris gives a John B type of vibe. I don't know if my audience is old enough to know who the singer John B is. Clock your references and do your research. But Chris Bassett gives a very John B type of vibe. And I like that about him. I've always liked that about him. What I was going to say that was problematic was I forget that he's white sometimes. But what I will say to clarify what I mean by that is he gives me the impression that he genuinely grew up around black people and that he grew up in a neighborhood where he was just influenced by his environment and that he is not trying to put on something. And I believe that that is a part of the reason why Candace likes him so much. Or why she initially liked him in the beginning. She loves him now, of course, as her husband. But you get what I'm trying to say. I have always liked that about Chris. Chris has always given me real homeboy type of vibes. Like, I don't know if y'all remember the TV show Girlfriends. Once again, clock your references. Tony Child married Dr. Todd, right? The white boy who was Jewish. He was short, but but he was real cute. And he looked like he, he could lay a mean pipe. He, at one point, when Tony's brother locked himself in Maya's bathroom and kept singing, you're going to love me and like all these songs and and, like all of this stuff, when Maya laid that mean piece of pussy on him and then he didn't want to leave when she was just trying to keep it casual and he lost his damn mind. Y'all remember when Todd came over and was was screaming like, brother-in-law, oh, brother-in-law, Come, let me talk to you, brother-in-law. It's okay. We're family. And and Joan was like, why the hell does he keep saying brother-in-law? And Tony was like, girl, I got him watching Soul Food. I don't feel like that's Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett is the homeboy at the cookout that you just forget. Like, you forget because he it, it's so natural to him, right? I like you a lot. I say all of this to, 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 to say that I like you a lot. But don't get fucked up around here on these cameras and around this television. Don't start slipping now. Because when Candace is sitting here saying, you come home after one o'clock in the morning, I don't know what is open after one o'clock in the morning besides legs and opportunities. So I don't know what you got going on. And then with Candace saying, your ass is coming home all times of the night. Ashley saying that, 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 that you sending her DMs, talking about you should have came to the W. All this other shit, like what you got going on, Candace, you may need to be a a little less worried about who Karen is creeping out of town with and be more worried about who your husband is creeping in town with because he not even creeping out of town. His ass is downtown to the W, okay? So I need y'all to really figure out what's going on because it seems like something fishy, something in the buttermilk ain't clean, okay? Chris, chef your ass down to the house and cut out all this bullshit, okay? Because I like you. I don't want you to turn into the next damn Michael Darby, especially because you the only, you're the only white man left on the show. I really need you to pull your shit together, okay? Pull it together, pull it together, because Candace don't deserve that. Damn it, Ashley. Listen, 
all you talked about was your uh, divorce in the in the trailer. So I'm just going to talk about what stood out to me as far as you in the trailer. To me, you buying a house with Michael makes sense. Only because y'all have children together. Because in recent times, I've heard a lot of divorced couples today that have these week on week off custody agreements and they maintain the residence that their kids are growing up in but they go and get their own places outside of that so that the kids won't be uprooted from the house that they're growing up with and growing up in and they just alternate back and forth to their kids home in quotation mark so because they lived in a high rise buying a stable home for their kids to grow up in and they switch in their weekends and their week offs sounds logical to me it makes perfect sense now if y'all gonna try to be in that house at the same goddamn time i see why karen went the hell off on you and talking about this ain't no 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 damn divorce but i don't think her or giselle or anybody else that that, that they're gonna rope into talking about this thought this all the way through do you get what i mean because i've seen this a lot in you know social media and the media nowadays where these couples who divorce while they're raising children or raising small children or whatever what have you they will let the children stay in the family home they will go and get their own spaces and instead of shuffling the children from house to house and dropping off kids in the wendy's parking lot with the wheel with the real awkward tension they just let the kids stay in the house and week on one parent will come and live in the house with the kids and then switch off instead of shuffling the um kids and having to have two sets of everything and two sets of clothes and two rooms and two this and two that and two sets of soccer outfits and two sets of cleats and all type of shit and, and two sets of pom-poms and all that other shit. It just really makes a lot of sense for them to maintain everything where it is for the children and for the parents to come back and forth. Because at the end of the day, the, the children didn't ask for the kids to, to, to get divorced. The children didn't ask for their life to be uprooted. It was the parents' decision to uproot and change the entire dynamic of the family that they brought these kids into. So for me, it makes 100% sense for them to buy a house to raise their kids in and establish a family dynamic that is the family home for their kids. It makes sense. It leads to that whole generational wealth conversation that I lean into all the time when it comes to, 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 to talking about people like Toya Bush Harris. It makes sense because that can be the house that you leave to your children. That's going to be the family house that if something ever happens to to, to the parents or if, or if something ever happens to, 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 to the children, Y'all ever y'all will always have that home to come back to and y'all kids will never be homeless because they will have that house to come back to. Do you get what I'm saying? That isn't crazy to me. And even if they don't like even if the kids never move out of that house until they go off and get married and establish their own families, they have that house because the parents have gone off and they've established their own lives outside of that family home and they just come back and forth. Do you get what I'm saying? To me, this makes perfect sense. If that is the reason why you're doing it. If that's not the reason why you're doing it, then we need to have a conversation. But the idea of you buying a house with, with Michael because you have such young children, I think she had like two kids under two at the time. Like it makes perfect sense for you guys to, to be doing that because realistically, raising these kids in this high rise is only gonna work for so damn long. And I don't think that high rise was meant for raising no babies no damn way. So I feel like had they broken up or not, they were going to eventually buy a house to root their children into. So 
I hope that they explain it in this type of context. I don't know why Michael stopped answering the phone for you. Maybe it's just because now that y'all aren't together, he feels no obligation to do anything for you as it pertains to the Real Housewives of Potomac. So maybe he don't want his voice on camera. He don't want to be on camera. He don't want to film with you. He don't want to do none of that. All, all of the shit that he going to do is going to be off camera. And whatever you say on the show is going to be your damn business. And as long as he sends them them um, checks on time, you are expected to keep your damn mouth shut and not talk too fucking crazy. That is my understanding of what's going on. Just based on seeing the, the trailer. I may be reaching a little deep into this, but... Y'all know the preface of this podcast. Y'all know how we give it up over here. So, hats off to y'all. Hopefully, y'all figure it out in divorce better than y'all did in marriage. Okay? Rest in peace to y'all's institution. Now, when it comes to Karen, speaking of institutions, what exactly were the specific conditions of Karen having eye candy? What exactly does that mean? What exactly do you mean when you say eye candy? Does that mean you can go out and look at another man? You can go out and converse with other men? You can flirt, but you can't touch? Can you look but not touch? Like, what does eye candy mean? Because that specific label for whatever it is you got going on this season, it is very vague. It's very vague and it's very indistinct. And I don't know what it is you out here doing, But the fact that the girls is out here talking about you sneaking out and sneaking away, I'm sure that's just because they don't know what's going on inside your household. As Portia would say, what? How you know about her household? That. It gives very that. Hopefully, they just don't know what's going on in the confines of your house. And once you and Ray figure it out while... while While you sitting at that table, you come back and tell the girls what it really is. If y'all are just turning into a polyamorous couple late in life because Ray is getting older and he's not able to keep up with your lifestyle, but you don't want to break up, but you still want to go out there and experience being a woman in this new phase of your life where you have new confidence, new independence, new money, new new glamour. You look better than you ever have in your entire life. Maybe you want to just go out there and feel like a younger woman. And maybe y'all have an understanding where as long as y'all don't cross certain boundaries, you you can go out and experience certain things for yourself because Ray married such a younger woman. Maybe this is part of the agreement that you have when you decide to marry somebody who is much older than you. I do not know. Do you know what I'm saying? This is the flip side of what I say when I dive deeper into reality television than most people feel feel is necessary. Because I don't, when I say that, it probably just alludes to the fact that I'm coming on to read people and just talk shit about what, what, what people got going on. And it probably sounds more judgmental than it is. But there's a flip side to that. And there's an opposite side to that coin where I'm also more understanding and more able to think outside of the box and, and have a more open mind to what people's situations are. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, from my own experience, the things that I've gone through and experienced in my own life has led me to understand different concepts and different variations of what a setup around love can be and what a setup around what a, what a relationship can be. And speaking as somebody who is not only trans femme, but also gender neutral, the proper term is neutral. I am somebody who operates outside of all conventions of what is stereotypical or what is qualified as being normal when it comes to society's understanding of the human being or the parasocial relationships of human beings around them. So 
I am not someone who is ever going to operate under the context of normal. So whatever they have going on, I'm ready to see it and understand it and just have them explain it so that we can get used to it and just move on. So it won't be all this rigmarole and all this, you know, uh, suspicion and back talking and, you know, behind the back and all of this, you know, uh, rumors and all of that type of stuff, stuff, speculation and all of that. Let's just go ahead and get to the shit and figure out what's going on now. With talking about Karen, I'ma also talk about Sharice. Cause Sharice, well, welcome back. Hey girl, how you doing? Um, but I need to figure out why the hell Sharice was gone for so long. Because listen, I watched some of the first season of The Real Housewives of Potomac, but I really didn't watch enough of the first season to figure out why production hated Sharice so much that she didn't get brought back all that time to the point where they would edit her out of scenes sometimes. Like, I want to know what Sharice did and how and how she finally got her way back on this show, even if it is as a friend of, especially as somebody who was the nucleus of the original friend group. Do you get what I'm saying? There are some new faces, but the original friend group from season one, which has a lot of the OGs on there, I think it's... I think half the show is OGs at this point with Karen, Giselle, and Robin. And I think Ashley might have come on season one or she might have come on season two when I really started watching. But anyway, she's the nucleus of that group. So for her to come back to this show as a friend of one, it shows you that she has no ownership in this show and that she didn't go out and pitch this friend group. And like she didn't have any real connections. She's just the person that they went to first. okay? and then two, it shows you that whatever she did was crazy for her to I think it was just she didn't want to show what was going on with her life because she was getting divorced her first season and she didn't want to talk about what was going on with her divorce so it cut off a lot of storyline for her and with her being the nucleus of this group it was like well what the hell are you doing here if you're not going to be a real housewife and not saying that because you're divorced you can't be on the show anymore but part of being a real housewife is speaking about your relationships not only with the girls in your group but also within your family and within your relationships so if you're not going to talk about the demise of your marriage, it's not like you're going to lose your champagne glass, which, by the way, they really should just start superimposing cherry blossoms into their hand because that champagne bit is just stupid to me because champagne doesn't represent Potomac. Cherry blossoms re represent Maryland. So why don't you just anyway? Um, yeah, like it just doesn't make sense to me what the hell is going on. But I can't say that I'm glad or not happy to see you back because I don't necessarily know why a lot of the girls like Karen, for example, hate you. Like, I remember why Monique said she hated you. It was because you were spreading rumors about um, her son and about Chris, ba uh, Chris Bassett, Chris Samuels sleeping around on her or, or about uh, Monique sleeping around on Chris and that and that the baby probably wasn't his and that's how this whole rumor came into the fold in the first place was because you were discussing that with Giselle I get that now is Karen holding a blind loyalty to Monique maybe do I have a problem with that not really because I'm a real friend like that I am a real friend like that like I'm that type of person that is real JT with it like as soon as she tell me she don't fuck with a bitch I, they unfollowed off my page. That 
it don't be having nothing to do with me and I'll be the first bitch gone. Like, don't speak to me. Don't look my way. Nothing. Like, I just can't. I'm that type of friend. I'm that type of friend that if my friend don't fuck with you, I do not fuck with you. But the reason I'm like that is because I choose my, 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 my friends wisely and I don't just throw around their friend word loosely. I'm only that loyal to people I call friend. Now, if I call you my homegirl, my Judy, you know, my acquaintance, you don't expect that amount of loyalty out of me. Is that an indication that I won't have that amount of loyalty to you? No. But it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee because some things just aren't my damn business. And if you're not somebody who I know is my true friend, I may not stick my neck out for you the way that I would for somebody who is my true friend. Which is why even though I don't like Giselle and Robin's um, friendship on this show, the way that it's portrayed on this show, I don't like but I do appreciate the loyalty that they have to each other as real ass friends who came on this show as real ass friends. Do you get what I mean? But the way that they portray them sometimes makes Robin look like a fucking follower and it pisses me off. Speaking of Robin, I really like your hair color, girl. I like this red on you, but I hope that this new color gives you a new new like personality, girl. I hope that, you know, like, the, like, like how blondes have more fun when girls dye their hair blonde, it inspired them to be more outgoing. Well, it didn't inspire you to be more outgoing when you were a blonde. Hopefully, you having red hair inspires you to be a little bit more interesting or outgoing or forthcoming or more interactive with the girls. Because I'm tired of it being this many seasons in and you are only interesting when you are in a scene with Giselle. I am so annoyed by that because Robin, I like you so much more than that. I feel like you have so much more potential than that. And I feel like you are just coasting because you are Giselle's friend and because she is the ace of this show. You're just more than happy being one of the royal flush. And I need you to step up and make your own place on this show because if all people have to say about you is that you are Giselle's minion, you are not holding your space on this show. You are not doing your job. And everybody knows that I am Housewives HR. I am the human resources of reality television. So I'm going to tell you when you're not doing your, 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 your damn job. And you with this damn um, prenup storyline. Listen, it aggravates me. It really aggravates me. Because weren't y'all already separated when you lost all you and Juan's money to your friend that ended up conning you and stealing all your money, weren't y'all already broken up when you made those financial decisions? If you're not, then I re then I take back everything I'm saying right now. But I could have sworn that when I heard you explain this, I believe it was on Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Shout out to Heather. When you went on an, 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 an interview there, I could have sworn you said that y'all were already broken up when you were making these financial decisions with Juan's basketball money. And that's when all of this happened. And even still, though, did you have a prenup when you and Juan got married? I need to know. And even in all of that, I'm not going to sit here and make prenups just sound like a universally bad thing or make the fact that somebody wants a prenup in their marriage all 
automatically a negative thing because it's not. What I really want to ask is what the details and what the clauses of this prenup are going to say. Because honestly, we need to get out of the notion that a prenup only protects one person in the marriage. A prenup is technically set up to protect the best interests of both parties in the marriage. Or at best, at worst case scenario, excuse me, protect the wife or the primary caretaker of the children in the event of a divorce. Do you get what I'm saying? I think that the reasons people get prenups have a spectrum and it's not just one specific thing but seeing the way that it's been played in the media kind of alludes that when people want a prenup it it leads to this era of distrust or this aura of distrust and of questioning should you be getting married and all of this and all of that I don't mind Robin wanting a prenup because she has a successful business allegedly her embezzled hats are flying off the shelves right so I understand her wanting to, in the event that anything ever happens, she protect her real housewives money. She protect her embezzled money because I'm sure that at this point in season seven, even if she ain't really doing shit on the show, she gets that increase every season and her coin is now at a nice, nice ass level if it's not top tier for what housewives are making now. They're in season seven. So I don't know what their increases look like or 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 how their contracts are set up. But I I'm sure that she's making a lot of damn money. Is Juan a high school basketball coach or is Juan a college basketball coach? Because I feel like that makes a big difference in what his salary looks like. And I'm not talking shit about what Juan makes because at the end of the day, Juan works hard. Juan is out there working his ass off, coaching them damn kids. You you, you, you see his ass is barely in the damn scene because he's all out there working and coaching them kids. So when I ask that, I'm not saying anything like that, but I'm saying there may be a more of a provocation for Robin to be the person to be initiating this prenup because she's in a position to be making more money than Juan is, right? So I wonder how this is going to work out for them. I wonder if Juan is going to react to this from a place of ego and from a place of fragile, from fragile masculinity because he's going to think, oh, are you trying to say that I don't make enough money because you're the one that is... Um, trying to initiate this prenup are you saying that i'm gonna try to take your money you know it insu it insinuates a lot of things when people want prenups and when a person approaches you about a prenup it insinuates a lot of things and it does make you question a lot of things but i think it's all about how you set the prenup that determines how far a person can go with that feeling or with that reaction because if the prenup is set up in both of their favor and and in and is in a way that is fair to the both of them then there's not much you can say but i understand that the initial reaction can be something that is a bit jarring for somebody who was probably not raised with that mentality do you get what i mean so it's going to be really interesting to see what that dynamic is going to be like. Now, what I want to know is what made you choose this red hair color? 
because I think it's beautiful. I love it. I love that you don't look like Giselle's sister no more and that now you're a red-haired, um, green-eyed bandit, which is fine. I'm glad that there are not so many damn blonde women on the show, but judging by your promo photo, you went back to being blonde by the end of the season because I know y'all shoot the promotionals and stuff after the season is already over. So I guess, I guess you're beautiful blonde, you're beautiful with red hair, but I appreciated the the the, the change for the time that we got it. Um, let's see, did I miss anything? I think we got everybody. There aren't that many housewives. Are there supposed to be any friends of coming on this season? I can't remember. Um, I know Sharice is coming back as a friend of, but that's all that I remember seeing. If there is a friend of, I guess I'll talk about her when she comes on the show because I can't remember. This is confirmation that Escala Davis got fired, unfortunately. She was the fashion girl, but she didn't bring very much. But how much of that is her fault and how much of that is production's fault because uh, under my understanding friends of already don't get a lot of camera time right like how like is the way that they choose friend ofs different with each franchise because i've i've had the understanding that either one the friends of shoot just like all the other housewives and film all season film everything film the um, solo scenes and all of that with with the family and all of that. They film just like a regular housewife and then depending on what they brought to the season, they choose at the end while they're editing who's going to be a housewife and who's going to be a friend. I've seen that scenario be talked about and I've also seen the, the scenario where the person gets signed as a friend of and they come into filming knowing that they are not a full-time housewife and that they are a friend of. Right. So for the people who come in knowing they're a friend of, do you have limited camera time? Do you not film as much as the other girls because you already know that you're a friend of? I wonder how that works for those girls, because I feel like that's also cutting the girls chances to really break through with the audience if they're already given limited camera time as it is. So if they don't get in there with the girls or if the girls don't offer them the opportunity to film solo scenes with them outside of the group, like if like if, you know, two girls go to lunch or, you know, something like that, then how really is the girls supposed to make a name for herself if she's not really given the true opportunity or given the same amount of time or camera time to prove herself as the other girls. I would love to know how that works. I would genuinely love to know how that works. But with that being said, I think we got everything. I think I got everyone. Um, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come back and close this episode because this is pretty much all that I had to say on The Real Housewives of Potomac. I was just covering the trailer, but... I think I gave my expectations and my evaluations all in one fatal, one in blah, 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 all in one fatal swoop. Excuse me. Now, with that being said, let's take a quick break and I'll be right back. All right, everybody, this has been my evaluation of The Real Housewives of Potomac season seven trailer. 
I am genuinely excited to see what these girls are going to give. It seems like everybody's clocked in. Everybody's in true form. Even the girls that I'm not necessarily liking this season and even the girls who aren't bringing as much as I would like, it seems like even they are coming to work on time. I am excited to see what the girls are bringing this season. I do not remember when exactly The Real Housewives of Potomac is going to premiere. I believe it's going to be October 9th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, You guys correct me and let me know, or I will create an update in future episodes. Now, with that being said, you guys let me know in the question that is attached to, to this episode on Spotify, in the voice messages, in my comments on my YouTube community channel, on my Instagram. Let me know what your expectations are for this season. Let me know what you think the girls are giving. Let me know what you thought about the trailer. Let me know how excited you are. And let me know what you think is going to transpire from this season. And also, let me know if you think that the Real Housewives of Potomac, the Real Housewives of Potomac, are edging the Real Housewives of Atlanta out of their top tier position. Because the way that it looks and the way that it's starting to feel as the seasons go on, it seems like Potomac is becoming more and more interesting and Atlanta is becoming more and more forced. I'm not going to necessarily say that it's becoming boring, but it's certainly becoming forced and it's becoming more annoying to watch because it doesn't feel as genuine and authentic as it once was. Whereas Potomac, it seems like they are in true form and it seems like with every season they are reaching another level in their Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan journey, arc, and evolution. Right? So, let me know how you feel. Give me your comments, concerns. If you like the video, Jesus. I knew this was going to happen when I started mixing podcasts with, with the YouTube videos. If you like the episode, like the episode. Let me know how you feel. Give the podcast a five-star rating. That is how, that is what I mean when I say, if you like the episode, like the episode, give the podcast a five-star rating. That's what I mean. Um, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell so, so that you are getting notifications every time that I drop a new episode. And make sure you guys stay tuned because like I said, there's so many things coming up. There's so many interviews that are happening there's so many more situations that are going to be happening and coming up and things that i'm going to be talking about on real reality realness and i don't want anybody to miss one single thing so i'll talk to you guys later and until the next episode peace